Section 10 of the Stone Axe of Burkamuk. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April Walters. The Stone Axe of Burkamuk by Mary Grant Bruce. How Light Came. Chapter 6. The blacks believed that the earth was quite flat, with the sky arched above it. They had an idea that if anyone could get beyond the edge of the sky, he would come to another country, with rivers and trees where lived the ghosts of all the people who have died. Some thought there was water all round the edge of the earth. They were taught that at first the sky had lain flat on the ground, so that neither sun, moon, nor stars could move. But the magpies came along and propped it up with long sticks, resting some parts on the mountains near the edge. And sometimes word was sent from tribe to tribe, Said the props were growing rotten, and unless the people sent up tomahawks to cut new props, the sky would fall. In its falling, it would burst, and all the people would be drowned. This used to alarm the blacks greatly, and they would make the magic men weave charms so the sky should not fall. At first, all the earth was in darkness, and at that time there lived among the blacks a man called Ditchi. In his tribe was a very beautiful woman whose name was Mitjin, and she became Ditchi's wife. At first, Ditye and Mitjen were very happy. They had plenty to eat, and the camp was warm and comfortable, and they loved each other very much. There were no white men at that time. The blacks ruled all their country, which they thought was the whole world. The forests were full of game, and the rivers of fish. Everyone had enough, so there was no fighting. And Ditye thought he was the luckiest man in the world, because he had won the love of Mitjen. But a stranger came to the camp a tall, dark-eyed man named Bunjil. He told stories of faraway forests and wonderful things to be found there. The other blacks used to listen to him, greatly interested. And no one listened more attentively than Mitjen, for she had a great longing to see the wonderful places of which Bunjil spoke. When she heard him tell stories of these strange lands of the bush, she burned to leave her quiet home and go exploring. Ditye could not understand this feeling at all. It interested him to hear Bunjil's tales, but he had no wish to do more than hear them. He was very well satisfied with his life, and thought that his own home was better than any other place could possibly be. But Bunjil soon noticed the dark-eyed girl who never lost a word of his stories. It amused him to see her face light up and her eyes sparkle at his talk. And so he told more and more stories, and did not always trouble to make them true so long as he could make Mitjen look interested. Sometimes he would meet her wandering alone outside the camp, and then he would tell her, as if he were sorry for her, that this quiet camp was no place for her at all. You are so beautiful, he would say, that you should be far away in my wonderful country, where you would see many great men and lovely women, but none more lovely than Mitjen. In this dull hole you are buried alive. None of this was true, but Bunjil spoke exactly as if it were, and after a time Mitjen began to be very discontented. This simple happy life in the bush pleased her no longer. She only wanted the exciting things of which Bunjil told. At home, everybody was good to her and liked her, but she was only a girl who had to obey other people all the time, and no one but Ditye had ever troubled about telling her that she was beautiful. Moreover, she could see that Bunjil did not think much of Ditye. She called him one day to Mitjen, an ignorant black fellow, and though Mitjen could not imagine any people who were not black, 
it sounded very uncomplimentary and she could not forget it as soon as he had said it bunjil apologized saying it was only a slip of the tongue but in her heart mitchin knew this was not true it made her look down on de a little and wonder if he really were worthy of her one day she asked him if he would take her to bunjil's country and his surprise prevented him from speaking for some time he could only look at her with his mouth open go away from home he said at last why what is there to go for to see the world said mitjen tossing her head i do not want to stay forever in this weary place but it is the world or most of it returned Ditye. i do not know where bunji's country is but the men there cannot be up to much if they are like him for he is more useless than anyone i ever saw he cannot throw a boomerang better than a girl the spear i could beat him with my left hand you are boastful said mitjen coldly throwing weapons is not everything well i don't know how things are managed in bunjil's country but it is very important in ours that a man should know how to throw said did ye perhaps bunjil's game comes close to him to be killed but here a man has to hunt it did bunjil mention if it came ready cooked too don't suppose you would want to do any work in that country of his this made mitjen very angry she quarrelled fiercely with Ditye for making fun of her and then Ditye lost his temper and beat her a little just quite usual thing to happen to a woman among the blacks but mitjen had been told by bunjil that in his country a man never raised his hand against a woman so it made her furious to be beaten by Ditye, though he cared for her too much to really hurt her she broke away from him ran to the camp sobbing that she hated him did not want to see him any more near the camp she met bunjil who asked her why she was crying and when she told him he was very kind to her patting her gently pretending to be very angry at Ditye. he was safe in doing this for Ditye had gone off whistling into the bush not sorry that he had beaten mitjen if it should make her sensible again but sorry that she was unhappy and resolved to bring her back a snake or something equally nice for supper so bunjil ran no risk in abusing him and he did it heartily when they had finished talking mitjen walked away from him into the camp with a very determined face she went straight to her whirly and though Ditye brought her home a beautiful young snake and a lace lizard she would eat nothing and refused to come out of the whirly to speak to him so Ditye went back to the young men's huts angry and offended and mitjen lay down turning her face to the wall she was just as determined but only her own heart knew how much she was afraid when the people of the camp awoke she was gone nowhere was there any trace of her and the blacks went to look for bunjil in his whirly he was gone too then they fell into a great rage and the young men painted themselves in white stripes with pipe clay and went forth in pursuit carrying all their arms led by Ditye. but though they would look for many days they could never come upon a track so at last the other young men gave up the search and went back to the camp but Ditye did not go back there was nothing for him at home now that he had lost mitjen and so he went on hunting through the dark forests for his lost love bunjil and mitjen fled far into the bush for a long time they walked in the creek so they would leave no tracks and if they came to deep holes they swam them they were far away from mitjen's country before they dared to leave the water and already the girl was tired but bunjil would not let her stop to rest for he knew that they would be pursued he hurried her on forgetting now to be gentle when he spoke to her 
it was not many days before Midgen realized the terrible mistake she had made they fled deeper and deeper into the bush but no wonderful country came in sight she was often cold and hungry and bunjil made her work harder than she ever had worked before doing not only the woman's work but a large share of the man's she found out that he was almost too lazy to get food and if she had not hunted for game herself she never would have had enough to eat bunjil told her that he loved her but very soon she knew that was not true and all that he wanted was a woman to cook for him and to help him procure food at first she used to ask him when they would come into his own country and he would put her off saying presently pretty soon but before long she found out that it made him angry to be asked about it and at last if she spoke of it he beat her cruelly so mitchen did not ask any more then all the memories of ditye and his love came crowding upon her and her heart quite broke she did not want to live any more she lay down under a big log and when bunjil spoke to her there was no answer so he kicked her and left her but after he had slept he went to see why she lay so still and he found that she was dead as he looked at her a great storm came out of the bush and whirled him away it flung him far up in the sky where you may see him now if you look closely a lonely wandering star finding no rest anywhere and no mate always he must wander on and on and never stop no matter how tired he may be and the other stars shrink from him hurrying away if they cross his path the storm took mitjen also and carried her gently into the sky and there she saw Dii, who lit it all up for he had been turned into the sun and was giving light to the earth but always the blacks say he is sick seeking mitjen like a great fire he leaps through the sky mourning for his love and going back and forth in ceaseless quest of her his whirly is in Nangant, just over the edge of the earth and the bright color of sunset is caused by the spirits of the dead going in and out of Nagant, while Dii looks among them for his lost love but he never finds her and so the next day he begins to hunt again goes tramping across the sky sometimes he shouts her, her name mitjen mitjen and then it is we hear thunder go rolling around the world but mitjen never answers she has been made into the moon and always she mourns far away and alone when she sees the glory of the sun and hears his trampling feet she hides herself for now she is ashamed to let him find her she only comes from her hiding place when he sleeps and then she hurries through the sky so that she may have the comfort of going in his footsteps though she knows now she can never hope to overtake him sometimes she sighs and then a great soft breeze flutters over the earth and the big rain is the tears that relieve her grief end of chapter six recording by april walters